With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Baba Kamenda Nun Ches, page 58. We begin nine lines from the bottom of Nun Zainam Bez, page 57b. Nafla Legina Venenus and Shalemus Mashanenus. If an animal fell into someone else's garden and had some kind of benefit, the owner of the animal has to pay for the benefit that it had. Amar Rav Benechvita. Rav says that what was the benefit? The benefit was that this garden, there was a, a lot of mud inside of the garden. And the animal's benefit was that instead of falling into the mud, so it trampled upon the pieces of wheat, the stalks of wheat, and those stalks prevented the animal from getting hurt inside of the mud. So therefore, that's what the owner of the animal has to pay for. So the Gemara says, hold on a second, let's say the animal had eaten, that was the benefit. Would the implication of Rav's statement be that there would be no obligation to pay for that which the animal has benefited? So the Gemara says, perhaps this is Rav according to his own reasoning, because we see that Rav says elsewhere that when an animal eats something, since it shouldn't have eaten, so then there's not going to be an obligation to pay for damages. We see Rav says like this, In regards to a case where, let's say, Reuven brings in a basket of fruits into Shimon's property, and Shimon's animal eats the fruits, and Shimon's animal dies. So since we say that the animal should not have eaten those fruits, and it wouldn't have died. So therefore we say that Reuven has no obligation. So perhaps over here as well, since we could say that the animal shouldn't have eaten, so therefore there would be no obligation. Amri Hachiyash, the Gemara says, what is going on? What's the comparison? Amr Amar Rav, Hasam, why did Rav say over there that there's an obligation on the owner of the fruits? And because the, the animal should not have eaten, he, where the animal had gotten damaged itself. Because the owner of the fruits can say, I'm not going to pay because it shouldn't have eaten. But to say that there's no obligation because it shouldn't have eaten when it's causing damage to something else, the betir lishlume mi would he say that there's no obligation in such a case? Of course not. Ella, Sagamar says, What Rav really means is he's saying not only. Not only in the case where the animal ate the Mishnah, will he pay that which he benefited of al-Nechvata, but in the case where the animal's benefit was that it knocked down some stalks and it didn't fall into the mud because it was trampling on the stalks. Perhaps we would say that the owner of the ox doesn't have to pay for that benefit. Why? Because the benefit that was done by, theoretically, he he didn't even know he was doing it, but the benefit that was done by the owner of the field to the animal was something which is called preventing damage from someone else. We refer to it as mavriachari, chasing away a lion, because the classic case is where someone sees a lion coming to attack the flock of his friend, and he chases away the lion, so the lion does not attack the flock of his friend. So again, perhaps we would say that this is no different than a case where someone's chasing away a lion from someone else's flock, preventing damage. And in that case, and perhaps also in this case, there will be no obligation to pay for the benefit. Kamash Malanessa is coming to teach you that no. In this case, there will be an obligation. Sigmar says, what's the difference? Why over there is there no obligation? Over here there is an obligation. So the Gemara says, why don't we say that? The difference is when someone's chasing away a lion. So even if in fact he loses out money, let's say while the person is chasing away the lion, so he would have been working and making money. So he's losing money. But despite the fact he's doing it on his own accord, he's doing it because he chose to do it. He's doing it of his own will. So therefore, But over here, the person who's preventing the damage, which is the owner of the field, so he's not even doing it with his knowledge. If you would have asked him if he would have chosen to do this, he wouldn't have. So therefore, that's the reason why the owner of the axe has to pay in this case. Inam, you know the possible difference. Even if we would say that in a case where he's chasing with the line, the person is doing it not because he wants to, but because the other person is coercing him to do it. So, less lepseida. That would only be true in a case where there's no loss. Highest lepseida. But over here, he's doing it against his will, and there's a loss. So you have two problems. So therefore, there's an obligation on the owner of the axe to pay for that.
The Gemara says, Hechi nafal. What's the case? How did the animal fall down into this garden? Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana says, That it slipped on its own urine, which is something which is very uncommon, says Rashi, and therefore that's why there's no obligation on the owner of the animal to pay anything more than what the animal actually benefited. Rav Amar, Rav says that the case is that it fell in because another animal pushed it down. So now, according to Rav who says that the reason that it fell down there is because another animal pushed so that's not as great of an onus. It's not as great of a case which which was totally out of his control as a case where the animal slipped on its own urine. So therefore, certainly in a case where it slipped, there would be no obligation. But according to Rav Kahana, who said that the reason is because it's a complete onus, it's completely out of his control because it slipped on its own urine. It's very unusual. But in a case where one animal pushed the other animal, then we would make the owner of the animal that fell down have to pay for any damages completely and not just whatever the animal benefited. Why? Because the owner of the field can say, You shouldn't have allowed your animal to be passing through one next to another. Meaning the, the area where it was passing through, it seems it was a place that was very narrow. So if you have two animals, so one, is the, one of them is going to end up pushing the other one off of the road. And that's how this, this story happened. Happened. So that's what he can say to him. So it's your own fault that that's why the, your animal fell down. So that's why you're going to have to pay for full damages, according to Rav Kahana. Amar Rav Kahana, aruga. So Rav Kahana furthermore says that when do we say it's considered an onus, that it's completely out of his control? Only if the animal fell and ate that row where it fell. But if it went from one row to another row, and it's eating all the different vegetables around, so that, that's no longer considered an onus. It's, not, it's no longer considered out of the control of the original person not completely unusual, and therefore will pay whatever the damages were and not just what the animal benefited. Even if it went from one row to another row, even if it was there the entire day, until the people who own the animal are aware and they take it out and it comes back, only then will there be an obligation to pay whatever the damages were. Amra Papa, so Rapapa explains this statement, it doesn't mean that the animal has to leave with the owner's knowledge and return with the owner's knowledge. As soon as the owners are aware of the fact that their animal was there and it left, even if the animal came back without their knowledge, there's still going to be an obligation to pay for whatever damages and not just what the animal benefited. My time was the reason. The Amar lay, because you can say to him as follows, the owner of the field, came to the Yalfa, since the animal has learned to come in here, call Amos the Misham Telahasim Riata. Wherever the animal has gotten accustomed to going in that place, it's going to run to that place. So now that this animal knows that territory, so to speak, so the owners of the animal have to make sure and be extra careful that it doesn't come back here. And if it does, there's going to be an obligation on the owner of the ox to pay for any damages. Now the Gemara continues with another quote from the Mishnah. Yarda Kedarka, if the animal went down in a normal way, Vizika, and it caused damage, Mishalamis Mashizika, so then the owner has to pay for the damages. Boy Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Yirmiya has the following question. Yarda Kedarka Vizika, let's say it went down in a normal way and caused damage, Bimeleida, but the damage was caused because the animal gave birth and the waters from the from the birth, so they caused damage. Ma, what's going to be the halacha? Aliba demand the Amar according to the one who says, that if you start off doing something which is negligent, and in the end the damage comes about because of something which was out of your control, that there's an obligation anyway. So then there's no question over here, because here clearly you start off doing something which was a pshia, which was negligent, and in the end it caused damage with something which was out of his control, which was with this water from, from the birth. So there's no question here, because he holds that there's an obligation. So the question will be according to the one who says that if you start off doing something which was negligent, but the actual damage takes place through something which was out of his control, that there's no obligation. My, what's going to be the halach over here? Do we say that since it started off, 
off with a negligence, but it ended off with something which is out of his control over here as well. There's, no, there's not going to be an obligation. Like Dilma, perhaps, hachakula bibshiahu. Or do we consider it over here completely that it was a negligence? The came of the kachazi the kareva lemeilad. Since the owner saw that it was about to give birth, he should have watched it. And we turn to the chesem base, ulistamure begava. And he should have been extra careful with it. Teku, the Gemara leaves it without an answer. The Gemara continues with another quote from the Mishnah. We said in the Mishnah, how do we determine the amount of damage? So we said in the Mishnah that the, the way it's determined is you take a base sa'a, which is a certain amount of land, the amount that you could take a sa'a, which is a measure of seeds and plant it in a piece of land. So you take that piece of land objectively, how much it's worth when it's planted, and you take how much the piece of land that the animal caused damage to now, how much that's worth, and you subtract it from the, from the greater amount, and that's the amount that we consider the damage. The Gemara says, How do we know that this is true? Amar of Masa, so Rav Masa says, The Amar Kra, because the Pasuk says, And the animal causes damage in another field. Malamid, what does this come to teach us? That the way that we evaluate the damage is based on another field. The fact that the verse says he went to another field, we needed to teach us something else. That the damages that we're talking about only apply in another field and not in a public domain. So the Gemara answers, If that's all it was coming to teach us, then it could have just said in the, in the verse that he went to cause damage in the field of his friend. Or could have just said the word, field of his friend, not in the field of his friend. My bisa the acher. What's it coming to teach you by saying in the field of his friend? Shashaman al gav saw the acher. It's also coming to teach us the second halacha, that in regards to how we evaluate it, we don't evaluate the actual damage, the actual fruits that were eaten, but rather we evaluate it based on the objective loss of value as opposed to a different field that had not lost this row of vegetables. Ve'ema kuli l'hachir, the Asagmar says, wait, Maybe this verse is completely coming to teach us that you do it objectively, as we're saying, and it's not coming to teach you and how would we know then that it's coming to teach you that this doesn't apply in a public domain? In Cain, the Kasvi Rahman and Gabi Tashlumin, the Gemara says, if it's, if it's indeed only coming to teach you this Allah in regards to the payments, so it could have said this verse of Sada Akhir in regards to where you're getting paid. That it says that the best of one's fields, the best of one's vineyards is paid in a different field. Why does it say it in regards to the place where the damage is being caused, it's going to teach us both of these things that there's a ramification in regards to the payment that you do it objectively based on the other field, and there's also a ramification in regards to the damages that it has to be considered in someone else's field and not in the public domain. One wants to know specifically how do we evaluate the damage here. He says that there's a two-step process here. First, when you want to evaluate how much the piece of land is worth, you don't take it on its own because a piece of land, which is the, the size of a base sa'a, which if you would take a sa'a worth of seeds you would plant in this piece of land, it's a very small piece of land. And such a small piece of land is not usually sold on its own. And if it is sold on its own, it's sold for a very high value. So rather you take a piece of land which is 60 times its size, you figure out how much that value is for a piece of land so big, and then you divide that by 60 to give you the value of this piece of land. And then you take how much the piece of land, the smaller piece of land, evaluated that way, how much it's gone down in value now that it's missing a row.
Rabbi says a different way that we value Tirkov Bishishim Tirkovim. Since it's not so common for someone to buy such a big field, a 60 sa'a field, it's more common for someone to buy a 30 sa'a field. So 60 Tirkovs is equal to 30 sa'a. So therefore, you evaluate it based on that, and then you divide it by 30 sa'a, and that's how you figure out the value of the field, which is going to be slightly more. And then you subtract the amount of value that has gone down because of the fact that it's missing this row of vegetables. Chizki gives a totally different explanation. He says that you take the value of those things that were destroyed, the, the vegetables that were eaten, you take 60 times that amount of fruits, figure out the value of 60 times the fruits, and you subtract how much it would be worth less now that you're missing one out of those 60, and that's how you determine the value of the vegetables that were destroyed. Now the Gemara asks, we have a question, if let's say an animal had eaten a certain measure or two, in we don't say that you pay that value. Rather, we consider it as if it's a small row, and then we evaluate it based on that. Maybe it means that we take it as if it's a small row, and we only look at the row, and we don't look at the field in general, and it would be a question on all three of these explanations. That's not what it means. It means you take 60 times, meaning either 60 or 60 tirkov, or 60 times the amount of that thing itself. Itself, like either of the different explanations, and therefore there's no problem. We learned in Abraisa, ain't shaman kav. You don't make the evaluation based on the measure of a kav. A kav is between 1.2 and 2.4 liters. You're giving too much value. base core. You can't do it based on a base core, which is 180 times the size of a kav which will get you between 216 and 432 liters. So, you can't do it that way because then you're devaluating too much. My Kamar. So, now, what does that mean precisely? Amar Papa Papa says, This is what it means. You can't take the value of a kav, again, which is between 1.2 and 2.4 liters, multiply it by 60, and then subtract the difference. Because then you're giving too much money to the mazik. The mazik is going to end up winning out. He's not going to end up giving so much money for the damages. And you can't take the value of a much greater measure, 180 times, and then take it times 60 and subtract the difference. Because then you're going to make that the, the person who caused the damage is going to end up paying too much money. He's going to lose out. That's the Pshad according to Rav Papa. Rav asks the following question. According to you, so you're saying that we're talking about the same type of thing. We're talking about a piece of land that you're trying to plant a calf or a piece of land that you're trying to plant a core worth of seeds in. But if that's the case, so it should, it should use the same type of words in the first part and the second part. It says first kav, which is talking about the measure itself, and then it talks about base core, a piece of land that you planted the measure of 180 times the core. So we're talking about two different types of things. How do you explain that? Rather, he explains as follows in the name of Rav This is how you should read it. You don't look at the measure of a cup, the, whatever the damage actually was, which, which was this measure between 1.2 and 2.4 liters. You don't look at it separately, because then you're giving too much money to the person who got damaged. And we don't evaluate it based on one cup, how much it got damaged, as part of a tremendously large field where you would plant a core, which is 180 times the cup worth of seeds. Because now you're going to make the person who got damaged lose out. He's not going to get what he really deserves. Ella Bishishim, rather, you evaluate it based on that number 60, which will have the implications as we discussed earlier in the argument between the different Amorayim.
There was a certain person who cut down a palm tree that belonged to his friend. So they came in front of the exilarch of the Jewish people in Babylon, Babylonia, and they wanted to know what the halacha was going to be if he would have to pay, or what he would have to pay. So the Rish Galusa said, I saw these palm trees. And there were three trees that were growing in the same area. And altogether the value of them was a hundred. Go give this person 33 and a third, which is a third of the value of all three of the trees. Omar, so the person who had caused the damage, said, What did I need to come to the Rish Galusa, the exilarch, who was just giving me a Persian judgment? If I wanted a Persian judgment, I could have gone to a Persian court. Instead, he came in front of Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman said, What you do is you evaluate it based on 60. Which again means, as we said previously, you look at the entire field, how much it's worth, you evaluate this particular section of the field, and then you take how much the field is worth minus this tree that's missing. Amr le Rava, so Rava says, and it seems to be an explanation of what Rav Nachman said, Im So if we're saying that this is true in regards to where someone's animal damages, that you evaluate it based on this whole calculation with the number 60, So then we'll certainly say it in regards to the person himself who caused damage, and that's why Rav Nachman was passing that he was saying that this is the halacha in regards to the person who had caused the damage to this uh, date tree. Amr le Abayi, so Abayi says, Le Rava to Rava, Where did you get this from that it also applies to the person himself, to time? Because we have a brisa that seems to contradict what you're saying. If someone causes damage to someone else's vineyard, smother when it's still in the budding stages, the the grapes themselves have not yet fully ripened. So they evaluate it based on how much it was worth before, the and how much the field is worth afterwards. But it, does, it doesn't say anything about evaluating it based on the calculations of sixty. So how can you tell me that it's the same thing as by an animal? So Ravi responds and says, don't we have a similar thing in regards to an animal that even though you're making this whole calculation with the number 60 nevertheless it doesn't mention the word 60 the tiny we have a price like this if an animal cut down a sapling Rabbi said that the, those who made decrees in Jerusalem said as follows if it's a one year old sapling you pay two silver coins if it's a two year old sapling you pay four silver coins if it ate undeveloped wheat stalks Rabbi says so what you do is you evaluate what's left, the, the stalks that haven't been eaten, how much they're going to be worth when they're brought to harvest, and then you evaluate based on that how much the damage was. The sages say no. You evaluate the field, how much it was worth before, how much it's worth afterwards. And we're going to have a few more lines before the proof, but the Gemara is going to bring a proof from this line of the, of the Brisa that even though it doesn't use the word 60, it's talking about an evaluation of 60, just like we said, because we're talking about an animal for sure. So it can certainly also apply in regards to a person. Let's say this animal eats some unripe grapes. says, You look at these grapes as if they were about to be harvested. And that's the value that you have to pay. The sages say, Again, you evaluate the field uh, objectively, how much it was worth before, how much it's worth afterwards. Yehuda tries to take a middle approach. In the name of Rabbi When do we say this? When do we go after the field, how much it was worth before, how much it was worth after, looking at it objectively? Only if they haven't completely ripened. But if we're talking about dates or grapes that are already ripe, so we, we evaluate it based on the fact that they're already ripe and they're, they're about to be taken out and harvested, and you, it's a much higher value. Katanimi, as the Gemara says, in any event, what does it say? 
It says that you evaluated how much it was worth before, how much it was worth afterwards. It doesn't say anything about a calculation with 60. What do we say? It must be talking about 60 because we're talking about an animal. So over here, in regards to a person, if we see that elsewhere, we're talking about an animal, it's not explicit, but it means that it's a calculation of 60. So over here, we're going to say by a person that it, even though it's not explicit, it also means a calculation of 60.